You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Jack Lewin, Chief Executive Officer of the American College of Cardiology. So much of our clinical interaction with patients revolves around the collection, analysis, and application of information. On a much broader scale, data registries work to assemble the information from each and every one of these clinical encounters. In this age of information, there is so much data at our fingertips, it's easy to be excited about the potential. How are we harnessing the information available to us toward the improvement of clinical outcomes? Our guest today is Dr. John Rumsfeld, a cardiologist in Denver with the Veterans Administration, Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, and Chief Science Officer for the National Cardiovascular Data Registry, NCDR, an initiative led by the American College of Cardiology Foundation. Welcome, Dr. Rumsfeld. Thank you. It's great to be here. John, tell us a little bit on the background of NCDR. It's a very exciting program and, you know, 10, 11 years old. Where did it begin? Who participates? What does it entail? Thanks, Jack. The NCDR, National Cardiovascular Data Registry, did indeed begin about 10 years ago, really as an initiative by clinicians, for clinicians, through their professional society, American College of Cardiology. It's grown amazingly over that time. There are now six registry programs. The one that people know best is the one for cardiac catheterization and angioplasty, the so-called CAF-PCI registry. This is the one that has grown over the years and now uh, involves over 1,100 hospitals in the country where hospitals put in data on their angioplasty programs. It's the majority of programs in the country adopted by states and other payers to measure and feedback quality of care. But what many people, many clinicians know, think of the NCDR just as the angioplasty registry. Many don't realize that NCDR also has the defibrillator registry, the ICD registry, which is in all 1,400 hospitals in the country that put in ICDs. And there also the Action Registry, which is the acute coronary syndrome or acute MI registry in partnership with the American Heart Association, is now the single national MI registry for the country and growing fast in an era where people are trying to measure their care all the way from door to balloon time, everything we do in the hospital, and then optimal discharge to have uh, lower rehospitalization. I also have a congenital pediatric cardiac registry coming online called IMPACT, carotid stenting registry called CARE and perhaps as or most exciting, a new outpatient registry program called IC3, or Improving Continuous Cardiovascular Care. And all of these programs, I want to emphasize, while led and initiated originally by the American College of Cardiology, bring together multiple societies and entities together uh, in partnership to run these. But at the end of the day, these are uh, developed by clinicians in order to improve our care, not sort of by external entities. You know, and this is one of the most exciting and best-kept secrets in terms of quality of care and improvement of outcomes on the inpatient side in the country today. And now with the IC3 registry, you'll be able to get reach out to the outpatient care as well and have a continuity of care quality tracking system. So it's fantastic. Can you give me a couple examples of some of the latest and greatest research that's come out of NCDR? You must be producing a lot of manuscripts these days. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I think that while NCDR exists with the mission of measuring and improving quality of care, that is helping 
hospitals and clinicians optimize practice. And in these days, uh, we're under a lot of scrutiny, and we'd like certainly to have our own clinical data and our own programs with our professional societies to do that. But a very important sidelight of having clinical registry programs is having national data, which can be looked at to see how care is actually being delivered as a country to do things, a buzzword of the, of the year, comparative effectiveness, to uh, evaluate how care is being delivered after clinical trials have been done and the guidelines have been written, but what's actually happening in clinical practice. And I think there are now multiple examples of top-notch leading research coming from NCDR that are pretty exciting. I'll give you just three quick examples. One, earlier this year, led by uh, investigators from Yale, there is a publication from the ICD registry showing that board-certified electrophysiologists appear to have lower complication rates than other people yes. putting in ICDs. Uh, very uh, important paper with policy implications. There's been a publication this year led by Deb Dierks at the University of California, Davis, showing that we still are not using pre-hospital ECGs optimally in the care of our patients with ST elevation MI. When they are used, which seems to be clustered in, in regions, Enormous patients benefit. have shorter door to balloon time and better outcomes. And finally, in the CAF PCI or angioplasty registry, a very important paper was published in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology earlier this year, led by Mike Kutcher, showing that outcomes of angioplasty programs that have on or off-site CT surgery programs did not significantly differ, which is really a seminal paper that has not been done in a randomized trial, has to be done sort of in a real-world setting. And we did do additional surveying and research to follow up of what happened to all the patients. Let's say they got an angioplasty at a site that did not have on-site CT surgery. Uh, we did follow up to make sure what happened with those patients so that this could be a fair comparison. And it's really a landmark paper that's come from the NCDR. Excellent. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jack Lewin. Our guest is Dr. John Rumsfeld, Chief Science Officer for the National Cardiovascular Data Registry. We're discussing how registries are helping to harness the vast clinical data available to us and really improve outcomes. What do you say to hospitals and, and doctors and others who may be wanting to join us, even though there's so many already, you know, 2,400 hospitals already engaged? That's great. But what are the benefits that hospitals and cardiologists and other practitioners get from participating in the NCDR registries? Well, I think, you know, in the past 10 years, it's really been a largely grassroots effort of who wants to demonstrate that they're doing high-quality care, who wants to benchmark their care against others and then do, you know, practice improvement or quality improvement. And that's grown on itself. It became a national effort. However, times have changed, and just in the last few years with all the mandates for reporting and mandates by Medicare for measurement and reporting and other public reporting efforts, it becomes pretty clear that we are being measured. Uh, every clinician, uh, every practice, every hospital is being measured, and the question we have to ask ourselves is how do we want to be measured? Because all data is not equal. What's happening out there right now? is we're being measured based on, say, insurance claims data, which can't differentiate 
comorbidities, from complications. It doesn't have things like ejection fraction for heart failure patients. So how do they know whether or not it's appropriate or we should be giving an ACE inhibitor? In this current era, and both payers and states and others are saying we need uh, data to be reported, we are in an era of evaluation of quality of care. With that, I think naturally cardiovascular clinicians are turning to their professional society, the ACC, and other organizations like the American Heart Association and saying, we would rather have this done where we know the ACC and AHA set the guidelines and performance measures. We'd like to use clinical data rather than claims data and then implement it at the point of practice and get our feedback on how we're doing, but also have that be the way that we report this to payers and states and others. This is tremendously appealing and important for hospitals and clinicians to feel like the data by which they're being judged is actually their data, their own clinical data. Now, with that, the ACC and others have a very vigorous data quality program and auditing to make sure it's not being gamed. But the locus of control is with the clinicians, and the motivation is several fold. Better outcomes for patients through measuring your quality of care, sort of the pilot's checklist, am I doing everything I'm supposed to do? But then also this idea that there may be that to take care of these regulatory things, these reporting, and maybe that will be increasingly be tied, by the way, to incentives and recognition, all the pay for quality things going on. It, certainly people want their data out of their practice to count for these pay for quality programs rather than having it come from some black box claims data source. You can't emphasize enough that claims data, which is, we use that for everything in this country, seems to be based on claims data in terms of tracking quality. Clinical data, such as the NCDR and STS provide, is really a rarity, and it's a wonderful thing. What about the hospitals that aren't participating? Are they hiding something? Are these the hospitals that may not want to have anybody looking over their shoulder in terms of their quality performance? I would like to think that's not the case. I would like to think that in an era where everyone's under pressure in the healthcare system, that it's just a matter of them not having put what resources they need or dedicating to doing this. But I think that's changing. I mean, I think that while there used to be discussions about do we want to collect and report and benchmark our data, now it's being reported, for as you mentioned, on claims data. We're being judged nationally on our Medicare claims and other things. So now I think the motivation is strong for all hospitals and practices to join uh, clinical registry programs, such as those run by the ACC and AHA, to put their data in and have it be their own data that they know, have it benchmarked and count for this. So I think what we're seeing naturally is there aren't very many hospitals in the cardiovascular realm that don't participate in one or more NCDR programs. Certainly, as I mentioned earlier, every hospital that puts a defibrillator in in this country is in the ICD registry because that data then gets reported to Medicare. And CMS requires it. CMS requires it. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see in the angioplasty registry, several of the payers require it. United, Blue Cross Blue Shield for their recognition programs. I think uh, multiple states require it. So, you know, we understand, though, from the NCDR perspective, our goal is not to have the registries required. Our goal is that is to know that since this is happening to clinicians and hospitals anyway, we're in an era where we are being measured, our care is being judged, we want to keep that locus of control with the hospitals and clinicians and the clinical data. As the IC3 registry uh, reaches more and more doctors in the outpatient, and I presume since there are other specialty societies that partner on these registries, that we will have internal medicine and family practice interest uh, in participating since they share in the care of cardiovascular disease with cardiologists. 
looking to the future and all this, I, I can imagine that maybe we'll have a surveillance system that would be like Framingham on steroids once this IC3 gets rolling. What do you see in the pipeline for the NCDR? <laughs> That's right, Jack. What we're looking at now is that IC3 has just been launched. That's the outpatient or ambulatory care registry. It measures the ACC, AHA performance measures for coronary artery disease, heart failure, diabetes. These are the things, bread and butter of what we do in cardiovascular practice. I think people will be are proud to measure and, and make sure, like I said, the pilot's checklist, you're getting these done and report them. As we build this program, it's over 500 practices now, as we bring on partnerships, internal medicine and primary care, and this spreads, it will clearly become a standard of measurement and reporting that I hope will supersede and get rid of these sort of individual claims, judgments that are happening, and at the same time be tied to incentives for high-quality care. Certainly, we're seeing from the Obama administration a desire to have a health care system in which there's measurement, in which there's less inappropriate variation in care. Well, here's a way to get there through the IC3 program. In the future, then, I think practices will sign up for IC3. It's free, and we're seeing it in leaps and bounds. But here's a key. I'm sure all the clinicians out there are saying, this all sounds great, but what about collecting the data? The point is the data collection has to be as part of workflow. That is, it can't add to our work in the practice. It has to be so-called transactional. That is, as we're doing our daily work increasingly in the setting of electronic health records, be they web-based or otherwise, we can get the data for IC3 in many instances or most instances sort of out the back end. That is, you document your care as you did it. We'll get the data for IC3 from your electronic health record, do the benchmarking and feedback so you can make sure that you are providing the highest quality care, help you do the reporting to whoever needs it, a state or a payer and so forth. We can tie it to education efforts, and by that I mean clinicians need their American Board of Internal Medicine, their ABAM maintenance of certification credits. We can tie in there and so forth. So once we have this really humming and it's there now, people can join, they sort of get one-stop shopping of my data is coming out of my HR, it goes to the ACC and the other partnering organizations. I get my benchmark quality of care reports back. I can tell them where I want my data to go to meet the regulatory things. I can do practice improvement, uh, et cetera. If uh, physicians and patients want to get involved, they can call the American College of Cardiology, I presume, and, and ask about the NCDR? Yeah, acc.org or ncdr.com or call the ACC. And again, when you get there, I think people will realize that NCDR, yes, the ACC started and it is centric to it, but people will be, I think, pleasantly surprised that these are all multi-society endorsed programs. So we're all in this together. John, this has been fascinating. Thank you very much. We've been learning more about the role of registries in cardiovascular care with Dr. John Rumsfeld. Dr. Rumsfeld, thank you for being our guest. My pleasure. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.